Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, and welcome to the show today. Uh, It's going to be a fun one because today we are talking about a lot of different hunting strategies. And I think that people, first off, people love to talk hunting and it shows um, through what Jeff Sturgis, who joined us today, is working on. And I think that people really just find it um, important to learn everything they can about the great sport that they love. And Jeff uh, is amazing at it. Uh, from Whitetail Habitat Solutions. Jeff, welcome to the show, my friend. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dave. It's great to be on. Yes, I, you know, I'm really excited about this because as as we're talking before, I started watching some of these videos that you've done, and I love this whiteboard idea and you know, the tips and everything you're given for each thing. In fact, like I was saying to you earlier, I'm going to watch your whole December one coming up and, you know, just try to get myself some ideas on what to do and how to handle the situation with December. Cause it is, it is a tricky month to hunt. And I, I don't know if people, right. like you said, you were used the first thing you said on that whiteboard is give up, given up or, you know, a question mark. And, yeah. and I agree. Like, I don't feel like necessarily going, but at the same time I want to go. I just, it's like a mental game, like a workout. Thing, oh, yeah. right? It's like, Oh God, yeah. What do I do here? Well, I- I'll say too, uh, you know, sometimes you don't feel like going, but man, my last day of the season was on Sunday and I was depressed for a couple of days. It just kind of, I like the planning. I like looking at the weather. I like seeing what's coming up, the days to hunt. And, uh, and when it was done, it was kind of like, God dang it. But then two days later out in the woods, looking at uh, new stand locations, checking out a bedding area, knowing we can't spook deer cause no one's hunting anyways. It's like, yeah, around yeah us I anyways. think. I think it's interesting, and I'm going to go back on your videos and watch some of the fall stuff because I think it's very interesting when you think about, like, the difference in seasons we have as bow hunters specifically. I mean, you have the early season as soon as it starts, and then you you, it's kind of, like, a little bit warm, maybe a little too warm in some places. And then it kind of gets to this, like, kind of beautiful 60s, 50s, 60s. Then it keeps dropping and dropping until today, like in Michigan, yeah. we're at like 30, you know. So it's like a huge difference between that original fall, beautiful day, and then oh, yeah. today. And it, it changes a lot of things, right? Like vision. You could see way further now than you could see in early October, you know, or whatever with yeah, the leaves. Definitely. and Pretty cool. And that's where those, right now, those thick areas really stick out. And so where areas that could hold mature bucks in September, October, even early November um, are not holding bucks now and, and part of its brows and part of its cover. They just, there's no stem count. So it's like when we're out on client properties, I've already had my first client trip for the year. It was uh, five clients last week. And it's very telling when you look across their woods, the very few areas where you could expect to hold deer because there's just not that much cover. Yeah, totally makes sense. So tell us about your whitetail habitat solutions, the channel and, and kind of what you do so people get a better idea. Well, everything revolves around uh, whitetail strategy. And so it doesn't matter if it's on Instagram or YouTube, we put out 208 videos a year on YouTube. And with all of those, when we're shooting videos, we shoot videos on average once a week, uh, sometimes every other week. This last time we had to shoot uh, 11 videos just to make up. Dylan and I weren't going to be able to get together to shoot. But the point is, is when we're shooting a video for late December, we want it to hit for what any 
person that's really cares about whitetail hunting, it doesn't matter if it's hunting, working on their habitat, that we hit what should be going on that week or that two-week period. And so, of course, when it gets into the season, what we're talking about during early October is different than what we're talking about on October 20th. And so we put videos out to try to match that exact timing. So if someone is really consumed with this, 365, we give them everything. I personally like the hunting season because that's when we get the most views, the most comments. Um, it's like a rat race. You know, we're in the I'm in the stand putting out videos in the morning um, because I try to put them out in the morning four days a week. And so uh, we try to hit that with Instagram, YouTube. For that, I have five books that I've published. We sell on our site, whitetailhabitatsolutions.com, and uh, four web classes on the site too. And we have our own seed company. It's WHS Wildlife Blends, uh, Pure Wildlife Blends is the actual name of the seed company. And that goes through the food plot seed company. We have wild wildlife planting seed in that too. Um, and uh, I know I'm, I'm, I visit about 70 clients a year. This year I'll hit my 15, 1,500th client in 26 states. As a group, Dylan's been to over 300 clients. We'll, we're over 2,000 clients as, as a group. And, uh, and I think that's in 34 states, 35 whitetail states, something like that. So... That keeps us really busy, let alone the all the social media and everything else. And, and then we have a lot of partners in the industry. So uh, taking care of partners and, uh, you know, Redneck is most of our partners. Redneck was one of my first in uh, 2016, you know, real big, important partner. And, uh, and then we've only changed two partners uh, since that time. So I'm really loyal to my partners. Uh, for example, Matthew's bow. I can't say it's the best because I don't shoot any other ones, but I've shot it since 1992. <laughs> so 92 was my first Matthews, and I haven't changed uh, since. And so uh, loyalty means something, and we try to work with only the best. When you said the when you said the term clients, you're, you're referring to um, going to some going to like a person's land to check it out and help them understand the land and how to work it. Yes, and so we go to private land. Uh, no game farms, anything like that. Our average client has about 100 acres, but I've worked on properties down to five acres, eight acres, lots of tens. Say my average client has about um, 60 acres or less uh, would be the average as far as, then you get all the ones that are 400, 300, 500, and um, they bring up the average a little bit. But we basically look at it, and the big thing about improving whitetail habitat is you have to do it in relation to how you would hunt strategically. So this isn't something you can learn how to plant habitat and change woods in a classroom and go out to a client property. You have to understand hunting intimately and how to get the most out of your property to hunt. If you don't make your habitat improvements like that, then we're getting a call seven years later when they're about to sell the property and they wonder why it's not working because they're spending ten grand a year on habitat improvements and it's not working. And uh, so if you have habitat improvements that set yourself up to spook deer when you get on and off the property, spook deer when you get on and out, in and out of a stand or blind, then uh, your property's gonna fail pretty quick. Deer spook a half mile. So on 168th parcel, if you're in the middle, it's a quarter mile out to every edge. They're on the they're on the neighbors. So that's it's a it's a big puzzle. And we work with them for the day, drop the design at the end of the day and go over it for an average of about an hour, hour and fifteen minutes and record it so that they have about twenty pages of notes from that recording specific to their property and their questions. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, I can see that being very beneficial. I mean, to be honest, we we have a lease ourselves that's very. Uh, I'm going to send it to you after this, just because I think it's so complex, and I wouldn't even. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even know if it's something you'd be look at. And you might be like, "That's crazy. You don't even do that lease." You know, yeah. I don't know. It, it's like that weird. 
Honestly, the more if you look at an aerial and the, the more shapes, the more lines, the more colors you have on it, the more pockets, field versus woods, habitat, uh, the better. Uh, because then you're going to have a higher wildlife potential and uh, let alone whitetail potential. So, so since we're in December, and I, I do plan to launch this podcast right away, um, what tips can you give people about, besides watching your video, which I will link that below on this uh, late sure, season, sure. Uh, but what oh, kind yeah. of quick tips can you give on the show right now to people about this this, this last couple of weeks of December and uh, January? Because some people, like in Michigan, we have a January season till the end of the month. I think Ohio might have it too, but till the end of the sure. month of January, we can use bow hunting. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? I guess maybe some quick tips for that. Yeah, they, the one thing is this time of year, let's start out first is what I'd say follow the herd. And what I mean by that is the deer population start to get herded up right now because there's shrinking food sources. Consider all the ag, even around here, most of our neighbors' cornfields have been uh, not only picked, but they've been manured and chisel pollen. Um, all the alfalfas uh, stemming yellow and dormant. So the deer that ate somewhere in October, November, traditional hunting times and rut time, they're not there. So on the other hand, where they're at, they leave a lot of sign, get to see where they're at. We used to follow, like in Michigan, we hunt the flat area, the thumb area, Cass City area, somewhere around there, in those areas, Argyle Road, if you got anybody's listening. But um, in those areas, it was pretty flat. And the way we would hunt is we would, we would see where they're going in the morning. We would see where they're even feeding in the afternoon. So, for example, they're feeding on one side of the wood lot. We would sneak in in the morning on the other side, wait for them to come out. We would only go in the woods 10 yards because you'd spook them out if you went too far in and wait for them to come back in the morning. But then where the herd went to bed down, you see the tracks if we have snow, a normal year, and uh, we'd wait for those deer to come back out in the evening, get in a thick brushy area for them to come out. Um, so really good opportunities following the herd, of course not giving up, but then uh, also there's morning opportunity. So when it's freezing cold in the morning, and that's the coldest time of the day, and I'm talking about well below. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, well below uh, freezing. So it's 20 degrees in the morning, 18, 12. A lot of times deer are bedded down because they're conserving energy. So you try to go in in the morning and beat them there. They've probably been there since 3 in the morning. So going into beside a bedding area but not in the bedding area. For example, out here we have ridges. We'll go in on one side of the ridge knowing they're bedding on the other side. Maybe you're going into a conifer line knowing they're bedding on the back side of the conifer and you know how far you can sneak in in the morning. And you're trying to find a small food source. It might be a cutover. It might be a blowdown or two or three or maybe some cuttings you made. It's a briar patch mixed with shrubs, hardwood regen. Uh, maybe there's some red oaks that are still, there's some acorns still on the ground. But you're sneaking into that sometime after daylight so you can see you get into that spot and then you're waiting for that opportunity for those deer to come in and feed more mid-morning when it warms up and they can move around and conserve energy. Other than that, you're really hammering the food, food, food in the afternoon before dark and I'm looking for those brushy areas that either might be the food source but especially on the way to the food source. So that kind of transition area where deer feel safe, 
Um, I mentioned too, kind of think of the half the half hour rule. And what I mean by that is if your does are getting to a food source that you're watching, doesn't matter if it's a cutover on public land, a food plot, an ag field, whatever it might be, a swamp edge, if they're getting there 45 minutes before dark, there's probably a good chance that any buck in the area that's going to feed on that food source will have time to come in. But if they're getting in there 20 minutes before dark, then there's probably not enough time for that buck to come in. So you need to adjust where you hunt. You're not sitting on the food source. You're sitting back in that brushy area, maybe 150 yards in. It's almost like you're getting behind where the doe's bed and in between where the buck's bed and waiting for that buck to come out. And you might be, in that case, you're probably two to 300 yards off that food source, thinking that buck is not going to move three-quarters of a mile when it's super cold in December and January. He's probably going to be within two to 400 yards Think about that where he might be betting, try to get in between there and the does. I saw that on a Kiski video a long time ago, and that always stuck in my head where they're after an eight-year-old buck. They had like seven years of sheds. It was pretty amazing. Come into a food source with a bunch of does and other bucks uh, after dark, hour after. So what they did is they went six, seven hundred yards back into some draw way off to the side, and they shot him like ten minutes to go in shooting light as he was headed to that field a half mile away. So if you look at, that's kind of where you look at uh, um, those bigger bucks. Think about that half-hour rule and really getting closer uh, to that buck bedding area. Now, if you're just after does, that's a different story. Um, you obviously, you know, it doesn't matter if they get there five minutes before dark. You're just, you know, pulling your bow back and shooting one. But um, think about that, too. Think about where you can actually, you know, ask yourself, are these does getting here in time to allow a buck that's not bedded between the does and the food. He's well behind them. Is there enough time for him to get there? There's a reason more pros choose redneck blinds over any other blind on the market. Combining amazing quietness, scent control, and usability features, you have the ultimate hunting blind. Give them a call or check them out online at redneckblinds.com. Code of silence, we're embracing better. Our focuses, revolutionary concealment, extreme silence, enhanced thermal efficiency, purpose-driven functionality. Unheard, unnoticed, uncompromised. Last year, Reveal by Tacticam quickly became the most sought-after scouting camera in America, making cellular scouting available to any hunter. We ask our users how we can make this outstanding camera even better, and this is our answer. Introducing the all-new Reveal X. Even easier setup, better battery life. Faster trigger speed, on-demand HD photos, extended detection range. This season, find out what all the buzz is about. Get a new Reveal X by Tacticam. Yeah, um, and so and those are great, great points. And I was gonna say, and so like with the late season, you know, you you know, you mentioned like it's cold out, you want to go and all that. And it made me think of redneck, you know, because I, I I was like, well, technically, if I get one of those blinds, I'm definitely not cold. There's no way around it. They're so nice. But where do you yeah. use the redneck blinds on your properties, and and what do you recommend to people who are looking to get one of them? Um, what I try to recommend with the rednecks, and and when you have a nice, beautiful, expensive blind like that, or let's just you know, let's just face it, someone's making their own treated wood shingled. I did that before, and and in, in the UP of Michigan. I think it was four by six, uh, black carpeted, indoor carpet on the inside. We had drip edge, ice and water shield. I spent a lot of money in that blind. We sat in it three times because it was in the wrong spot. So it's anchored to the ground. You know, we're going to cut it off at the legs and move it. We didn't have the resources to do that. So bottom line is I like putting those blinds. You know, you have to be a little bit 
thoughtful in the in the uh, strategy that you might want to move this blind someday. So that's a good thing about a portable blind, like a redneck, where you can just move the stand. Um, a second thing, too, where we're installing those, I usually want a long-range gunshot and a short-range bow shot. The short-range bow shots, we're on a corner where, yeah, we can shoot out in the fields, we can shoot further in the woods, but a lot of ours that are close range, we're on water holes. And water holes, mock scrapes, small food plots, where there's a small food plot we're watching, but we can shoot the big food plot over there at 100, 150 yards. If you're setting up for a gunshot and you feel completely, most people could feel completely comfortable shooting out to 200 yards, especially when they have a rest. So if you feel comfortable shooting out to 200, why are you putting it five yards away from your, your food source and spooking deer every time coming in and out? So think of it this way, short range bow shot, you can take that long shot, our water holes freeze up. So they're not hitting the water too much anymore. Jen went in with a muzzleloader a couple weeks ago. You can check that out, one of my shorts, um, with a crying, screaming Jackson. He's 20 months old, and she shot her bucket about 100 yards out. And people think, you know, well, that was, that's just too easy. Well, we had bedding areas that we cut nearby. We had switchgrass to, to hide us for a half mile or a quarter mile, getting in and out of that blind. We had a tunnel through the switchgrass. We continually mow and plant, so it's quiet getting in and out. We had shrubs planted by the by the redneck to keep it well screened so we can climb up the ladder without spooking deer. The food source at closest is 80 yards away. So the point is, is that if in your best setups for a long distance gunshot, think about can you have a crying, screaming kid in that blind and still get a good shot? And if that's the case, a lot of planning and strategy goes into it. But to me, that's how you use these blinds so that you're hunting from a pillbox. It allows you to get in and out and not spook what you're watching. And then, and so every time we're setting up a redneck now, I'm always thinking, can we put a water hole? Can we watch a small food source while getting a shot at the big one? Where's the mock scrape go at bow range? Water holes at bow range too. How hidden is the redneck? It doesn't mean it needs to be on a 15-foot stand. It means that it needs to not get out of the cover. So we have areas, we have two that are set up, uh, well, three. One's on, they're three, they're on five-foot platforms. Uh, one's behind switchgrass and two be are behind gray dogwood. So the switchgrass and gray dogwood gets up almost to under the window, but that means we can climb in and out of them without spooking deer that are 30 yards away out into the field because they can't see us, we can't see them until we look out the window. So that's how much I like to hide them, where if we put those blinds on 10-foot platforms there, they'd be silhouetted and you would watch us climb up and down. It works great on the outdoor channel, sit in the middle of a food plot shooting a big buck. But a lot of you don't realize that a lot of those hunters, and I know them, they're hunting those spots two or three times a year, and they have dozens if not hundreds of those spots, and they literally can let them set. And some of them aren't even hunted for two three years because they don't have a buck they want to shoot on them. Even though there's a seven-acre food plot, they have bedding area, and uh, and they're really not hunting. So when they walk in, those deer have no clue. That is not the same in Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, even portions of Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York. You know these, and over to the Northeast, where you have high hunter density, we like to hide them. Give us a short shot, and and then uh, that long shot. So I hope that helps. But it's kind of uh, we love the blinds. And we we go back and forth on on where we hunt. We basically just let us let the sign and the game tracks or the game cameras in the uh, uh, we use reveal.
but we let the cameras and the sign tell us uh, where we want to hunt that day based on the wind. So it's awesome. Jeff, thanks so much for being on man today. I appreciate it. Um, if you guys want to learn more whitetail habitat solutions, you can check it. I'll link everything for Jeff below. So you guys will be able to get to it pretty easy. Uh, but thanks again, man. I appreciate it. And I appreciate the late season uh, information. Cause uh, like I said, all of us who are ready to get back out there, it's time, you know, it's very, very much time. Thank you, man. Yeah. You're very welcome, Dave. Hope it helps. Save big on your Memorial day barbecue all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.